A few months ago, I got my very first ever speaking gig and I was so freaking nervous, I literally couldn't sleep for a month. Like, no lie. I'd never done public speaking before and I didn't just dip my toe in and test the waters. I jumped in with both feet and no life raft. I mean, it was bloody TEDx. Now, I absolutely could have declined when I was asked. I had no obligation to anyone to do it. But you see, I have a belief about myself. And my belief is that Lisa does not run away from anything that scares her, period. Because I absolutely know that that fear will embed itself deeper into me and my belief system. And before I know it, I will develop a true phobia of speaking in public. So I didn't let my fear paralyze me and I said yes. So the next time you guys are scared shitless, ask yourself these seven questions. Liz Arch, is your fear paralyzing you? Talk to me about fear. I love your acronym for it. Well, there's two ways that you can say it. Yeah. Basically, you can say fuck everything and run or face everything and rise. Um, And for me, I have fear all the time. And it can be really detrimental when people are like, be fearless. Because fearlessness, who's fearless? (laughs) There's no one that's fearless. And if you are, you're lying. (laughs) Um, So for me, it's like feel fear, but do it anyways. And one of my other friends was sharing with me, that fear is is wetting your pants and courage is showing up to the party with wet pants, you know? <laughs> so it's like, can we feel the fear and move into it rather than run away from it? And so what I've done for myself is instead of looking at fear as the enemy, I've tried to really befriend fear. And so I talk to my fear. So when I feel fear in my body, instead of shoving it down or repressing it or telling myself I'm weak because I feel it, Mm -hmm. I say, thank you for being here. Thank you for showing up for me because I know that fear actually saves our lives, right? If we're actually in a a situation where fear is a blessing to us, you know, if someone's walking behind you and like the hair on your neck starts to stand up and you just feel like something's off about the situation, it's fear that will make you run away and create safety for you, mm-hmm. or it's fear that will help you fight back in a situation where you need it. So fear can be an ally, but it's knowing the difference when fear is holding us back or when fear is actually, you know, there to save us. Um, so just, I, I talk to my fear and I say, thank you for showing up. And in moments where I really need it, I say, thank you for showing up. I need you right now. Yeah. And we're going to mobilize together. And in moments where I feel like I don't need you in this moment, this is a, this is a job for my courage, not my fear. I just say, thank you fear for showing up for me. And I don't need you, though. Like, I've got this. How did you get to that point now? What are those first steps into really believing it? Because if I tell myself, like, thank you, Fear, for showing up, how do I actually emotionally feel that eventually? Yeah. So it's starting to learn how to regulate your nervous system. Mm. Because when we're in a chronic state of stress or this fear response, um, our body feels and our brain feels fearful all the time, even if say in safe situations, we still feel like this, there's danger here. So learning how to regulate our nervous system using, by evoking the relaxation response, using tools like mindfulness, using tools like yoga or like Tai Chi or Qigong can actually help on a nervous system level um, Mm. because we still respond like fight or flight response is, is wired in us on a primitive level. 
But back in the day, if we were attacked by a tiger, that was the real threat. And now our body still processes the same thing if we get an email from our boss that says, you know, come <laughs> see so me true. now. And our body physiologically yeah. still responds as tiger attack. Right. And so it's just learning how to discern between the two. And we do that again just through starting to, to breathe, regulate our nervous system, taking really deep diaphragmatic belly breaths. So one of the tools that you can use if you're in a fear response mm -hmm. is just to breathe, check in with your breathing because breathing starts to get shallower and moves into our upper chest when we're in a fear response, when we're in fight or flight. So breathing down into your lower belly, into your diaphragm can be really diffusing mm. of the situation. Cynthia Pasquela Garcia, where is your fear actually coming from? I have a friend who's a graphic designer. She'll design beautiful work for other clients. When it comes to her own website, it's been like five years now, still doesn't have it up and running. <laughs> There's so much pressure when it's you to show up in the world because we are mm. so afraid mm. of what will they think? What will they say, right? Yeah. And that paralyzes us. I wonder why you're afraid of what they'll think or say. You just trace it back, right? Love Get that. back to the earliest earliest memory you have of feeling that mm -hmm. way, right? What is it triggering? Um, and then once you figure out what that event was, dismantle the beliefs equation. Yeah. You don't have that belief, you'll start to feel like that less and less. Now, this is a process. Mm -hmm. It doesn't happen overnight, it takes time. So not overnight, over time. And you can do it. And every time it gets easier and you start to become more aware of it and it starts to become a habit, right? So like notice a name. Now I, now I notice it and I just call it out and I accept it. It's mm. okay. I, you ever feel like a crazy person? Yes. <laughs> yeah, so do I. All the time. Yeah. Like it, it just happens. And sometimes I get crazy, mm -hmm. right? Now, I might not be supposed to say that because I'm supposed to have it all together. And I wrote the books and I founded the Institute on Transformational Nutrition. Like I'm supposed to just mm -hmm. be good. And that's just silly. I'm, I'm not gonna act like every day of my life is just perfect and I never struggle with this. I have crazy times, Lisa, crazy times. When I was younger and I didn't have the tools, I just say, I'm crazy. You're crazy. Mm. You're just certifiably. You would say that to yourself? Oh, yeah. And lots of other really horrible things. Mm. We have emotions. We're meant to go through these things. We're women. We have hormones. We carry a lot. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's okay to lose your shit. Yeah. It just is. It doesn't make you any less valuable as a human, a person, or a woman. It makes you real. And when you get real and you understand and own who you are, that's when the real transformation starts. Monica Berg, are you listening to your intuition? And in my book, I talk about this story that really drives this point home, and it's the story of um, Carol Durant. She was in Murray, Utah, and she was at a park, and she was approached by this police officer one day, and he came to her and he said, you know, your car's been broken into, and we've apprehended the suspect, and we have some of your items. Can you come to the station with us and identify them to see if they're yours? So she got that feeling in her gut and she asked to see his badge and he showed her one. So she went with him. She was reluctant, but she went along with them. They go in the car, they're driving along, go down the freeway and she notices they're driving the opposite direction from the police station. So she starts to question him. She says, you know, you're going the wrong way. We should go back there. So he's driving and with his other hand, he starts to handcuff 
her arm. And because she was already suspicious, mm. she had her hand on the door and she was able to jump out of the car. He gets out, they start to struggle and she escapes. So a few days later, she's looking in the newspaper and she sees that another girl, a few hours later, was taken, raped and murdered. And it came to be known that this police officer was actually serial killer Ted Bundy. So, and she was the one, to, like, of the few to ever escape. Why? So that's healthy. It's clear that that is the kind of intuition we need to tap into and really respect. When I was younger, I absolutely was the person that's like, you can't make a fuss. Like, you can't say you don't want to go into the elevator because it feels weird. Like, people are going to think you're weird, Lisa. So I would just ignore that intuition. Um, and it wasn't until I got older with more confidence to say, you know what, even if I'm wrong, I, I would rather be embarrassed than, than something happened to me. Why do you think that is, um, specifically I think in women, have a harder time with um, embracing that, no, this is intuition, I'm going to listen to it? It really comes down to shame. Yeah. And women do carry a lot more of that. And unless you consciously work to remove it, it's something we carry along like luggage with us throughout our lifetime, especially the shame of wanting, right? I want, I need, I feel to respect our thoughts, our mind, our desires. And you know what happens with, with little girls and even into our adulthood, we get this feedback from external things. Um, our friends, our peers, our teachers, our family, our partners, our businesses, that it's somehow wrong mm. to say out loud, especially for women, because if you, you know, we've all heard this, right? Oh, she's so bossy or she's, you know, so snobby. How dare she speak up? But if a man says what he wants, that's the truth. It's like, oh, he's really strong. He's really sure mm. he knows what he wants. Mm. So we get this feedback that somehow it's wrong to really want or desire. And um, so we stop. We stop actually expressing that. Mm -hmm. And when you're so busy with this giving response to external feedback that you're getting, you stop listening to the internal. You can't actually listen to your intuition. And before you know it, you don't even know what you think or what you believe or what you desire because you've spent so much time shutting it off. Amy Emmerich, is fear holding you back? Let's say there's someone right now, they've got a credible opportunity, but yeah. they're so scared to do it because of being like yeah. so uncomfortable. But is that, is it really even uncomfortable or is it leaning away from the fear? Some people will right. say you have to lean into the fear the right way mm -hmm. and use that and say, okay, what is this that's making me scared? Right. Well, how do I use it? But if you lead with fear, that's not going to put you in a good direction. But if you lean into the fear and try to understand it and say, okay, what about this is making me nervous? I don't know if I knew that I would be so uncomfortable at the cat house. Yeah. It was shooting documentaries was always about the adventure and you had to be up for the adventure and the excitement of that adventure. To me, it was just the excitement always overtook any fear I might have of being uncomfortable. Yeah. So, you know, I always used to say like, it's amazing that this girl, this poor girl from Queens got paid to travel around the country and see what it was like. So I think any time those opportunities showed up, it was easier to lean into the excitement of them mm -hmm. than any fear I had or, or uncomfortability. And I think that's so key is just like perspective. So instead mm -hmm. of concentrating on the fear, to look at the excitement of it. Yes. Um, even if you feel the fear, it's not saying it's not going to be there, yeah. but just focusing on the excitement, getting you through that front yeah. door. And um, I think you have to have a love of learning. You know, I talk about that all the time with my kids, but that's you're learning by doing, mm -hmm. which as I think as a design thinker, it's a lot easier than sitting with the book. Um, and so that's how I kind of was learning a lot about life in my 20s, being out around the country filming all types of things from hospitals, you know, doctors, weddings, um, police, to the cat house. Um, and you learn a lot about human behavior, 
um, what people want from the world, what makes us the same and different. Um, so I think that kind of, you know, took over every, any, any other emotion. Ready to Vlukasheti. What's the worst that could happen? So like I want to keep going down that fear route of like what advice then right now someone's listening mm-hmm. they've got an opportunity or something big and yeah. they're so scared because they have no idea right like they've grown mm-hmm. up on the same thing or whatever they just don't they're not sure whether to take that chance what advice would you give them to help overcome the fear I'd say number one, break down the fear and write down every single thing that you're scared of because a lot of the time, the time I, I find fear is to do with what's going to happen or fear is to do with experiences that you've had that have put you into fear at that time. So write down all the experiences that you are thinking of that could potentially happen again to you mm-hmm. as the reason why you're feeling fear at the time or all the things that you're post like the word like a dinosaur is going to come and eat me if I leave, move to New York whatever right, it is like right. the craziest thing I've heard those dinosaurs yeah. are dangerous yeah. <laughs> I said that I watched Jurassic Park the other day that's why it's probably in my mind um, but you know like the craziest thing that you possibly think could happen that's causing that fear at that moment mm. yeah because when I think about the future and what I fear in the future yeah. and I then say well what's the worst that can happen yeah so I fear dinosaurs going to come that can for happen? me yeah. the worst that happens is that they could kill me all right that doesn't that's exactly not great, but exactly um, that's the next thing I was gonna say is what's the worst that could happen mm-hmm. like that is my mindset every time I get fearful now I'm okay so this is gonna even if it's something like my mom had a car crash recently she's fine oh. but now my mind is like what if this happens to me or what if this happens again I'm like okay what's the worst that could happen and the problem is when we keep thinking into the future you're never present mm. and so I say be present in that moment mm-hmm. like embrace it and think okay if this fails that's fine what will I learn from it like what can I gain right, from it right and so I think that's probably the second thing just be present in the moment and just think I've been put into this situation for a reason there is a reason why I've been given this opportunity so if I take it I'm either gonna get something incredible out of it or I may fail and still get something incredible mm. from it because I'm gonna grow yeah and so it's either gonna be a tangible thing which you can like success that you can hold or it'll be something internally that you're that you're able to change but both are incredible. Marissa Orr, do you really want to be scared of this forever? And so what did that final ownership look like when you said it out loud? Because I want to give like people yeah, at home some tips, right? Like, yeah. on, like if they feel what you're saying right now is resonating with them. Oh my God, yeah. I feel exactly the same way. Thank God someone's finally talking, mm-hmm. you know, my language. Mm-hmm. I want to tell people too. And like, what mm-hmm. is that? step because you've got the fear you've got the judgment Mm -hmm. um you're worried about losing your job about people thinking that you're less what does that actually look like how do you bring yourself to do that and then own it like you said well at facebook there was a point i it was again so terrible i i kind of thought you know i I am gonna get fired eventually it's just that bad Mm. so i started working on this book and every weekend, I'd go through like a spreadsheet of my budget and I would say, okay, I'm going to quit in four weeks so I can dedicate myself to the book. And four weeks would come around. I didn't have the nerve. Okay, I'll wait till I get this bonus, you know, that came around. Didn't have the nerve. Now, I was almost done with my book proposal, which I had spent months on. And like while I was at that job, I was too afraid to quit. Why were you afraid? Money, honestly. Really? Yeah, it was purely money. It felt totally irresponsible. What kind of mother who's, you know, making this nice life for herself and her kids leaves that to do, 
follow this, what seemed like such a crazy idea and a crazy dream. And I believed in the book. I believed in myself, but I was scared to death. It felt irresponsible. From the outside, I could see how easily insane it was. It was so unlikely that this plan would happen in the way that I imagined it. I'm not a risk taker. I mean, clearly I am now because yeah, like I did it. I don't know. <laughs> then I was fired. And I was totally blindsided. In a way, I was blindsided mm. because it happened on the way home from work on a random day driving home. I wasn't expecting it in the moment. And just like sort of in an abstract way, I thought probably it's coming. But I'm such a conscientious hard worker, that didn't fit with my identity. Mm. And so in a way, I was blindsided. And I cried, I, I was just like, oh my God, it happened. And I was 99% done with the book proposal. I finished my drive home. I cried probably for 20 minutes. Like I had this amazing cry. And then I thought, this is the universe giving me a kick in the butt that I needed. Like, thank God this happened. I don't know if I would have ever had the courage to do it quit. And... So I think it was the attitude after I was fired hmm. that helped me. First of all, I had shown myself that I'm taking myself seriously enough that I'd worked for four or five months on this book proposal, which is a lot of hard work. So I think that gave me a big shot of confidence. I thought, you know, this book is in me. Clearly, I'm taking this seriously. I wake up every morning now, 4.30. I'm like the laziest kind of normally like undisciplined person but here I am rewiring my whole personality to be disciplined and take this seriously take myself seriously um and so yeah I don't I didn't have the courage to quit but I did have the courage to keep going I could have easily gone back to Google but I didn't so I guess you know to give myself a little credit I think that took a lot of courage a lot of courage um as far as you know tips for other people one is, for me, it's all about gaining perspective, right? You can really kind of drown in the, the myopia or the details, right? And it's so hard sometimes to pull yourself out. So one thing that I found so useful is I imagine myself at 80 years old, right? And, and let me tell you first the genesis of, of how this um, tip was born. My older son used to be scared shitless of E.T., this was years ago, um, but he had this idea that if he went into my bathroom, E.T. would be in the bathtub in my bathroom. The problem is it's the only bathtub in the house, and he had to get in it. So we would battle, you know? And one day I just yelled, I'm like, E.T. is not real. How could you be afraid of something that's not even real? And then all of a sudden it hit me. I was like, look what I'm afraid of. I'm mm -hmm. afraid of writing and posting it online because I'm afraid of what people think of me. I'm afraid of losing my identity if I quit Facebook. All these things aren't real. There's no difference between my son being afraid of E.T. The only difference is I have perspective. I've lived long enough to know that E.T. isn't real and that E.T. isn't going to be in his bathtub. The only difference between us was scale, right? Scale of perspective. I knew his fear wasn't real because I was older, had experience, and I had wider perspective. So all of a sudden I thought, well, I wonder, like when I'm 80, will I look at myself mm -hmm. and think, what an idiot that you were so afraid to write something. Like at 80, what, what would I want to slap myself across the face about? So I, I talked to that person, you know, and 
when I talk to this imagine myself at 80, all of a sudden things become more clear. Amanda Bucci, are you playing it safe? So mm -hmm. how do you overcome that? Like, how do you not let it erode you? Have you ever been in that situation? Yeah. So what did you do? Time. Honestly, um, it's one of those things where you have to just be aware of the fact that it is a protection mechanism. So I think the first step mm -hmm. is self-awareness. Your fear keeps you safe mm -hmm. from risk. And risk is something that the body and the brain want to avoid as much as possible. And it's up to you to not listen to that and recognize that it's just a voice. Fear is not me, I am not fear, and I have the willpower to do whatever I want, which is really, really helpful. Um, I actually learned that from a book called Brain Over Binge. It's like a binge eating book, and I experienced that when I was doing the competition thing. And it was the first time that I heard um, of the fact that these voices in our heads, they don't equal us. So our thoughts are not us. We are not our thoughts. Our thoughts are just separate from our willpower and from who we really are. And our thoughts are just things that have been conditioned in our brains forever and ever and ever. Mm. They're, they're software, they're programs, they're downloads that we've had from years zero through eight when we're kids. And like everything that we absorb and everything that happens to us becomes a program in our body and our brain that tells us like what to do next and how to respond to fear and abandonment and all these things. Um, so s being aware of just that is a fucking game changer. It's a fucking game changer. Um, and then the next step is just understanding if you take that first risk, like I took the risk of moving from Rhode Island to Los Angeles. I had no money. I was going to go be a waitress. I had like 30 bucks. <laughs> we had enough to get across the country and like pay for gas and like shitty hotels and stuff. But I got a job the next day and that paid off. So even if you create small risks, mm. like weekly, daily, just like a small risk can be just like talking on your Instagram story today and saying hi and like seeing it pay off is just the one validation your brain really needs to be like, oh, it's actually okay to step up and step out. And it's okay for me to be this way. So if you're in that moment of like, okay, comparisonitis, I'm fearful that someone's not going to like me or someone's not going to like me as much or I'm fearful of being judged or I'm fearful of not being as good. It's all fear. And like anytime you feel fear, the feedback that you should recognize is that like, all right, it's time to step up. It's the mirror. It's time for me to take that risk and listen to that. Guys, 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 if those clips don't make you want to subscribe to this channel and overcome your fears, then I don't know what will. So make sure you hit that subscribe button. And if you're not following me, you can follow me at Lisa Billu. And until next time, go out, conquer those fears and be the hero of your own life. Peace out.